we're going to put up two, four, five, whatever. That is not my jam, and I hand it off like a hot patata. So, so well, I got great news for you today. You're you're as dumb as I am, uh, and hence why we have Eric Clear here today. <laughs> and Eric's going to teach us. This is your Niagara Real Estate Podcast, hosted by Patrick Burke and Sean Delot, two top tier realtors who happen to be from two different brokerages, from two different real estate teams, both focused on one thing the Niagara real estate market. Let's get started. Hello, friends. Patrick Burke here with the B Team at Megara Realty here in Niagara. Welcome to your Niagara Real Estate Podcast. This is my good buddy. Sean Delot with the David Delot Real Estate Team of Remax Niagara. Very good. You yeah, nailed thanks, it. That was thanks, good. Buddy. That was well done. Yeah, I think it was tops. Yeah. Uh, welcome to another episode. I'm not sure what number this is, but it's in the 30s. We're they the said 30s. it wouldn't last. And we made we, it. We said it wouldn't last. We made it last. <laughs> um, Sean, let's get right to it. Yeah. Because we, uh, we got we a lot of ground guests. to cover. We promised guests. Yep. And today I'm very excited about our guest, fellow REMAX Niagara colleague, team leader for the investment team with Remax Niagara, as well as I'm going to call you CEO Ooh. of Orange List Property Management as well. And uh, we have Eric Cleary here. And Eric is a wealth, a wealth of knowledge in investing in real estate. So Eric, welcome, my friend. Thank you, guys. Wait Thanks for applause. For we let the applause ring and go. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, so. appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate it. Um, I'm intrigued most about this because I personally have lots of questions. Can I say a caveat before we start this? Sure. This is going to be a bit of a humbler for me because I I I stay in the lane that I know really well, and I'm I'm not. I wouldn't say terrified. I'm reluctant to get into spaces that I don't do really well. Somebody calls me because they want to they want to uh, sell a restaurant. I don't touch it. I'm out. Multi-res to a point we do the bigger stuff I hand off to my partner, Jimmy Broderick, because he, he deals with that stuff. So a lot of the stuff you're going to talk about today, I'm, I'm going to sit in, in the chair of, the, of the, uh, the, the person that doesn't know really what they're talking about. I, can, I know residential real estate really well. I know how to put together you know A, B, and C. But if somebody calls me and says, hey, I want to convert this threeplex into a sixplex, wow. or I want to buy this land and... and, and, and we're going to put up two, four, whatever. That is not my jam. And I hand it off like a hot patata. So, so well, I got great news for you today. You're, you're as dumb as I am. Uh, and hence why we have Eric Clear here today. <laughs> and Eric's going to teach us all the things you don't know. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you some questions. You're like, how's this guy been a real estate agent for 20 years? But that's just the way it is. So, and that's, and you know what? It's, uh, it's, it's nice. Actually, it's refreshing to hear you say that because there's a lot of realtors that obviously I think yeah. attempt too many things. 100%. And expanding your wealth of knowledge and services you can provide to clients isn't a bad thing, but I feel like people take those risks and give their clients assurances that they can't really give them. They don't know. They don't know point, when to say which no. Leads right? To big problems. Huge. And I see it. Right. You spread yourself too thin, and yeah. and and I I can relate to Pat. I love. I'm a residential resale real estate. guy. You give this guy a thousand square foot back split. Bam. Boom. I'm your guy. You know. <laughs> and 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 you know. I obviously got Terry with me too. I prefer to let him deal with more of the multifamily Same. kind yeah. of stuff mm. and different things. But most importantly, the question I have for you right this second, Eric, is what's going on in the rental market out there? 
So yeah, rental market still very strong. Okay. Last year we had one of the <clears throat> longest lulls <clears throat> I've ever seen in seven years. So it was like a four to five month period where, you know, from a macro standpoint, everyone's like, oh, the rental market's strong. It's going up, blah, 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 blah. But when you start to get into a more micro lens, looking at different municipalities, like it was, it was really slow. Right. So data like can you, can you say like as far as lull, what, what do you mean by lull? So, yeah, I'm going to get into. So. So, for instance, if you go back to um, July of last year of yep. 2022, uh, we were getting about 28 to 30 leads per property. So per unit. So say gotcha. it's a duplex. I'm talking I was getting 30 upstairs, 30 downstairs in a 30 day period. Um, by end of October, that data had dropped down to 14.2. Wait. So it was almost cut in half. You didn't tell me how much. When you're throwing around decimals, you're a data guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Sean, you can leave. <laughs> okay, I'm out. But I'm not overly analytical. No, like, but, but, but I, the I definitely... fact that you were tracking that incoming lead yeah. stuff, and and uh, I, I think that's great because yeah. so so often, and you don't want to overweight data as far as making decisions, but sure. so often people go completely in the dark and just sort of feel their way through 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 what's going on as opposed to having like real data to inform what you do. So that's Absolutely. cool. I like so that. So let's recap for a quick second too though because last year, let's rewind. Mm -hmm. So January, February, March, April, it changed in the real estate sector, performed extremely well, and then interest rates changed the game. And so it sounds like interest rates changed the rental market a little bit as well. Strong correlation there for sure. And what I, the conclusions that I came to um, was you had a rapidly changing real estate market. Normally the real estate market moves a little slower, yep. ups and downs. And the rental market moves rapidly. You could have a week with nothing but action, two weeks slow, three weeks nonstop, week slow. Whereas the real estate market's a little bit more consistent. So what happens is I think the rental market didn't know how to respond to the rapid changing real estate market. And as much as we <clears throat> feel like the rental market is heavily dependent on new people coming in from different geographical areas, uh, last year really taught me, and you know, Orange just has a decent amount of market share here in, in Niagara, so I don't have For all sure. the data, but I've no, got no, a lot no, of data, yeah. um, that <clears throat> we rely on people moving around. Somebody going from a two-bedroom up to a three, from a three to a full house, from a full house to a maybe downsizing back. And those people weren't willing to move because why would someone leave a three-bedroom apartment they rented in 2018 for 1500 bucks yeah. to go rent another three-bedroom apartment for 2000 that has one extra drawer? Like gotcha. It didn't, it didn't so, make sense. So they were feeling the pressure of everybody else. Yeah. The cost. Because the new owners, new investors had to charge, charge more. more. Yeah. Because guess what? Interest rates ultimately work their way down, right? It, it starts with Okay, the, so rental market softened tail end of last year. Yep. How are we looking in 2023? Much better. Uh, activity's been great. I think like anything, right? Like when I was, you and I even had this conversation, right? The real estate market, you know, while we were in that lull, that slow period, you know, sales were down, listings down, everything's down, is two things are going to happen. Either the government's going to create activity, by lowering rates again, mm -hmm. or people are going to just accept, hey, this is the environment we're yeah. in, yep. and we're not going to stop buying real estate. Yep. So same with the rental market. I think people said, okay, well, we obviously sat down as a family or as a couple or as an individual, whatever it may be, and said, we, we want to move. Are we just never going to move because the rental rates are higher? And I think people just get into this sort of comfort spot 
and they accept it and they go on with their lives. Mm. So they make that move. They make that decision to buy, to sell, whatever it may be. So um, I think that's what we saw. And the, and the rental market's been good uh, across the board, right? Because keep in mind last year too, we had the, the condo market in Toronto was down 9% um, over the course of two months and it recovered and rebounded like immediately. So you can have segments of the market that get hammered and bounce back where, right. you know, we saw the entire rental market from bachelors to, to waterfront houses really slow down last year. So with that being said, I, I definitely agree. There's a direct correlation with real estate as well as the rental market. And I agree that I think everyone took a pause. Yeah. Everyone was like rates just, it, it was the media, it was doom and gloom. Everyone's like, ah, let's just wait this out and see what happens. And exactly right. You can only hold people back for so long, whether they made the decision last year that they wanted to make a move and they're like, ah, but let's hold off. You can only hold them back for so long. Sure. If people need more space, they need more space. Yeah. And you're going to accept whatever's thrown at them, right? Yeah. And I like to hear that there's a stronger rental market because I also believe that correlates directly with the real estate market because, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, but a lot of tenants become homeowners eventually. And, or they're, maybe potential homeowners that take a pause because of last year with interest rates and say, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go to renting. As long as people are kind of, as long as the rental market's moving, I feel that there's future potential for strong buyers coming down the road. And let's talk about immigration. They come here. They're not initially buyers right away. They'll come and rent, but they'll rent for a year, figure their shit out. Okay. Here's where I'm going to live. I got a job now. Okay. I got my money in my bank. Let's buy a house, mm -hmm. you know? And I, and I do have an agent on my team. Who's got a few immigrants who are looking at renting and it yeah. makes me feel very confident again, where this market will go through time. Once this rate business is sorted out. Now, one exciting thing about Mr. Eric Cleary mm. is his massive wealth of knowledge into converting residential properties into units. Segway and, music right there. And this is very intriguing. <laughs> this is very intriguing to me. So let's just talk about, you know, the one property where you have a house listed in Welland and you converted a single family home into three units. Yep. Now, what's intriguing to me about this is number one, how you converted it into it, but let alone the fact that the municipalities are on board with this now. Yeah. Well, because now know? they're allowed to. Well, that and and they're encouraging it. Why? Because of affordability. Because sure. let's face the facts: affordability isn't homes that are going to be built for young Canadians so they can have a cheap house. Affordability mm -hmm. is the rental market that everyone at least has a roof over their head. Yeah. And doing these conversions, for example, I think the one you kind of converted a garage into yeah. a unit, therefore not the hugest of spaces probably a cheaper rent, yeah. but therefore making it affordable for someone who's Absolutely. just, you know what I mean? So talking about that, fill me a little bit in on where municipalities are at with all of this first, the kind of the, the process and, and, and can any house be done? And I don't know. I'm going to let you speak to yeah, it. Yeah, and you you covered a lot there, so I appreciate you sort of narrowing it down yeah, at the end. Yeah, he has real long questions. So, no, it was good. There's a lot to <laughs> unpack there. So I'll start with um, 
the city that that house is listed in is Welland. Yep. Welland was one of the few, if not one of the only municipalities that was sort of investor friendly in terms of the way they structured their bylaws. So you could go into an R1 zoned, you know, low density as low as she gets and create three units. Now it wasn't free range pretty much in Welland. It kind of was, but it like, there's still restrictions, right? You still have lot requirements. Uh, Parking's a big one. You got setbacks from the structure. Um, You know, again, it leads into working with someone who knows the difference because when you have sidewalks, the setbacks are even further, right? Versus neighborhoods that are say eighties, nineties, where, you know, you get these sort of windy roads without sidewalks. So, um, but yeah, Welland was one of the few cities. So you had actually relative to the rest of the Niagara region, uh, Welland uh, had the most permits given out per capita to any city in the, in, in the region, right? So that shows you right there, you know, less tape, more attraction. Now, what the provincial government has gone out and done, uh, which is better known as Bill 23, is sort of um, on a more macro scale rolled out a, a blanket that says all municipalities right. must now conform to a degree. Now, it's not a magic key that just forces every city to allow it. It does on a, on a larger scale, but now the way in which different municipalities absorb the, the provincial legislation and the way they roll it out to, uh, to say people like us to, for the path to what, to make it legal is different, right? Sometimes there's square footage requirements. Now, sometimes a second unit can't be as big as the first unit, um, Welland has still got some of the more loose uh, bylaws where you can just create three legal units. You're not so worried about square footage. Um, they've gone from, it used to be a two permit process. So you take the house, you make it a duplex, then you apply for an accessory dwelling unit. That's how you get the third unit. It's gone back to all one permit. Hmm. Oh, nice. So now I can go in and from a construction standpoint, your guys aren't doing framing and plumbing for one unit and then bringing the guys back to do the same thing at another time. You bang out all the framing. You bang out all the plumbing. Keeps costs down. Absolutely. Right? Nice. Which is good for developers. I got a quick question for you too. So so that Bill 23 you're talking yep. about. When I first heard it come out, I was a little shell-shocked by it, to be honest, because the way it made it sound was that you can change any house into whatever you want. And I got a little concerned because I'm thinking, oh, you know, let's just say in Niagara Falls, that uh, empire neighborhood with the two stories. I'm like, are people just going to start smashing basement unit, main floor unit, upper unit? But from what I'm understanding is they're allowing it as long as it meets requirements then. Absolutely. And and remember, there's 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 two different, the 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 rules for converting new real estate that's built within five years versus older resale stuff is different okay. under different requirements. Right. So, and that's a way to sort of protect what you're talking about. New neighborhoods go up, you know, you're not, you can't just go in after the fact and just completely change. That's it. Cause my concern yeah. is this parking. Like, I mean, you change yeah. every single two story house in a neighborhood into three units each. Where's everyone yeah. going mean, to park? Yeah. And 35 foot lots, you don't have space between driveways to park your car hardly anyway. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, so I, I, I can appreciate that. That's good that they're thinking is parking as one of the major huge requirements. That's, that's fantastic. So, yeah. so Welland is good. <clears throat> St. Catherine's still R2? So so no. So now in St. Catherine's, same thing. In an R1, you can build uh, three units now. So whereas before, to do what you're talking about, which is what I did in, um, in Welland, you would have to find an R2 property in St. Catherine's, make it a legal duplex, and then add an accessory dwelling unit. Where now, again, in an R1, you can go through and make it three legal units from start. You don't need to. And, and I mean, how many houses... 
RRR2, right? Like yeah. you're limited, right? 100%. So now you're just, the, the whole goal is to, again, it's funny. I mean, we could all sit here and talk about a hundred different things of why, why did our government do that? Why did they suggest this? Here's the problem. Create a policy that, that addresses the problem. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. we're sitting back. You're not, we're not experts at urban planning and all no. these sort of things, but it's like, okay, if you're going to make it easier for people with money to want to create housing, that should create more rental units, which should then help stabilize and control the rental prices. Like hundred percent. Right. It makes sense. So it's nice to actually see something and, and, and props to Doug Ford for, for getting this through um, because it actually will have an impact. And, and hopefully, because listen, I'm on the right side of it. Right. I manage thousands of rental units and employ 20 plus people, um, but I'm still a human being. And when you're rejecting people that make 90 grand a year who can't afford a rental house because they've got truck payments and they got all these, like, I say no to people like that, unfortunately. It may make me sound evil, but no, I, no, have, I, I have an equation that I use to assess my investor's yeah. risk. Yeah. Is this person going to pay or not? Um, well, and I don't know what society, but for me to have to say no to someone who makes that kind of money and has okay credit, like, that's a problem. For sure. Because there's a lot of people like that. that mm, absolutely. You know. And I think what you said exactly is is that it creates investors to invest and create affordable housing for everyone. Yeah. And and I do want to totally give you kudos to this because, I mean, I've been selling real estate here for 20 years. And the way you've jumped into this role, and I think you starting off with the property management company first for like five years before, because yeah. how long have you actually been licensed now? Uh, not even four years. Yeah. So not even four years, but you you got so down with that investment market, understood it. And now what you've created is honestly an incredible niche for yourself in yeah. the fact of, of being able to help people guide them through this process with these conversions. And I, I personally think it's great. Like Thanks, I'm, I, I'm, I think you're doing a fantastic job, but I also think it's finally phenomenal that, that this, this is actually happening. Yeah. It's been talked you. about, it's been talked about, but now, cities are letting it go down, you know, and the fact that we can have legal accessory units and stuff like that. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. Now I know people are going to get a little shook up potentially in their neighborhoods for sure. So I want to talk about that. Um, if I may, Sean, Pat, uh, I think you just went like back to back to back on the questions. Well, I'm excited, man. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> I got Eric Cleary in the house. Yeah. Let me tell you. I just so, went out and made some calls and it's good to be back. Yeah. Good, good, <laughs> good, 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 yeah, good. Did yeah. you get the listing? No. Okay. No. Um, so that that's one thing. So the 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 whole how how a 1976 bi-level raised bungalow yeah. um, in the north end goes from even just one to two units. The one thing I'm seeing in my in my neck of the woods down um, along North of Lakeshore Road, mm-hmm. I can walk you down the street and I can point to the ones that were converted simply because the grass is a foot long. Yeah. Um, there's there's five cars in the lot, um, and you know one of them's parking on the grass, so there's now a dirt track on the grass. There's and that, that perhaps is a growing pain. Obviously, you can't single out an ind- individual landlord for their lack of a plan around landscaping. But there has to be some kind of a a a, um, a requirement put on that, or an enforcement put on. No different than if I stopped cutting my lawn and, and parked one of my cars on my grass. I'm sure at some point I'm going to get a bylaw notice, right? But it's odd that it's not just one house. Like like you look at Cindy Drive, for example. There's a whole bunch of them along there, and you again you can see the ones that that were changed over. They're usually raised. They're usually raised bungalows. And um, 
and they're all the same. And and I think from a com- community building, and look, I've got a rental, somebody rents a house two doors down from us. It's beautiful. They, yeah. they keep great. So from a community building perspective, that's my only concern is that, and it's not like we live here and this is the way we do things. I'm not looking at it from that perspective, but I'm looking at it from the, like we all live in the same community and then totally. these places get sold and then suddenly there's a car parked halfway on the grass. It, it, that, that's a bit of a growing pain perhaps, I think, right? Absolutely. A few things to, to point out there. So I'm going to cover this one first because it immediately addresses your question. Landlords don't know. And, and I'm not saying property management. I'm certainly not perfect. Right. My competitors aren't perfect. And individual landlords aren't perfect. But there's just a lack of information or understanding. Yeah. You need to, it's a separate document that needs to be attached to the Ontario land, um, like the standard lease agreement yeah. that they provide you. You can't just write it in there on the Schedule A. Right. It's not enforceable. Most people don't know that. So Orange List signs a separate document that's legal and enforceable to protect the owners, to protect the community. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if those things aren't upheld, there's a path forward for me, a legal path to remedy the issue. Mm-hmm. Now, that's just from a, from a logistical standpoint, how you can improve what you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Two, for some reason, people start businesses, some are good, some are bad, and they understand there's a certain set of things you need to do to grow a successful business. But yet there's this gap or this lack of, um, I guess, consistency with real estate investing. It's a business. It's no different than showing up here to make sure the, the, the shelves are stocked with chips to sell your customers or your fuel tanks have gas to, to put in people's cars. If you don't treat it like a business, it won't perform like a business. And Orange List and myself tries to fill those gaps. Mm-hmm. So the problem is, is those landlords, oh, well, I have an $800,000 house north of Lakeshore. Mm-hmm. Tenants pay every month. It must be fine. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no. You got to check in. Yeah. Right. There's a reason why I went through some of the most painful growing pains to implement new policy where Orange List, my brother's actually my inspector, works for me, uh, shows up in a little Ford Transit van with his little hat and his little clipboard and goes through every single property every 90 days, no matter what. Cool. And that's something we tell our tenants because if you're not going there, I don't know. Then there's care. accountability, right? Yeah. You're texting, oh, my, my tenant said Merry Christmas doesn't mean they're cutting their grass. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they're shoveling absolutely. the driveway. It doesn't mean the sink's not been leaking no, for the past year you and you got mold in your basement now. Did you not check on your business for a year? No freaking way. Yeah. So it's like... like there, there was one where the, the grass was like a foot tall and I said to my wife, we're walking past and I was like, it looks like they cut the grass with a blindfold on because there was literally like just randomized strips yeah. And and that is a place that, and it's been like that for, for however long. So that's obviously a place that's not getting looked. And you're right. Perhaps the landlord, it's a set it and forget it thing, and they live 130 kilometers away from here. Well, and you're right. Oh, I got this house north of Lakeshore. What do I care? I got it. And and that that's a problem. And and that's to ingratiate. Is that the word? To to bring in everybody and seeing that yeah, this is the good path forward. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that that will help because if if I have that house next door, and sure, there's two families living in it, and everything is cool. Um, and that's not to say you can't have a good old fashioned owner detached beside you that their yard's a disaster too. But sure. I, I think the more that, that kind of stuff can get, can get ironed out, then the better, the, or the lesser the growing pains, the better everybody can move forward in a community together. It's structured, right? And, and, yeah. and I feel for, listen, I live in a, in a nice North end neighborhood as well. And, and I have uh, a rental next to me. I've got a duplex across the street, another, uh, owner that lives in the main rent center basement. Um, 
And the difference is just is, is being there is mm. a big piece. Sure. Right. So, and, and I'm, and I'm, it's why we do these podcasts is to help educate somebody. Cause maybe there's a, someone who's going to listen to this podcast who owns a rental who's like, Frank, I've been there in two years. Yeah. They might take a drive down. And mm. even if it's a friendly handshake, how's everything going? It's sure. important. It really is. And, and, and in, in a day and an age where we're, we're going more digital, more digital, more digital, um, you know, maybe you FaceTime your tenant every three months and do a walkthrough. It keeps that tenant accountable. So like the other thing that when I was coming up with this policy three, four years ago with Orange List, which was really tough to roll out, I had hundreds of clients already at this point. Um, I'm like, even if the tenants are really great, which they probably are in a lot of cases because we rent to good people, that they're going to do a pretty deep clean every three months knowing that somebody's coming to walk through their space. So even if, if it doesn't solve anything major, your house is getting, that fridge is going to get a little bit more clean than it normally is. So it just, you know, obviously a, a year. Just little quick health of, checkups. Of stuff building is a lot different yeah. than three months of stuff building. Sure. And, and here's the important thing to remember too. I think, I hate to say it, I think tenants get shit on a little bit. They're people yeah, too. Absolutely. And they're entitled to houses. Yep. And they're struggling finding if, the, the same as a buyer buying a house, a tenant is struggling with affordability. They want the nice house, but they, they're looking online crap. That's 2,800 bucks. I only have 2,200 bucks. I'm going to have to compromise. But yep. like I said, you know, the thing is, is we had tenants across from us. We live in Port Dalhousie and we made friends with them. Absolutely. Like just to say, hey guys, you know, because at the end of the day, we're neighbors. Yeah. And they're people. It's their house. They're living in it. They're paying someone rent. So I think that's a large misconception that's going to have to change a 100%. little bit too, is that guess what? This is... And here's the thing. Everyone's always a little, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I'm always a little resistant to change, but change is coming. Yeah. And there is going to be more units upon more units. We need it. We yeah. need it. There, the immigration is at all time levels. We don't have enough supply as it is. So yeah. these units are going to happen. So everyone's just going to have to get used to tenants yeah. and realize, hey, tenants aren't bad people. You know, I, it's, the, it's, it's the, the thing is like, yeah. well, like where you're talking about your neighborhood, it's like, well, I don't want to live here. I'm surrounded by tenants, but you know what? It's not the worst thing. If you say, Hey guys, just bought the house right on. We're all neighbors yeah. now. And this and that. Well, and, it's and, the same generalization concept that when people think they buy in a house in a fancier neighborhood, quote unquote, that they're going to have better neighbors. Oh, higher demographics. Right. And, you know, yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, I remember we had a listing years ago in the falls and this beautiful, beautiful, like this is uh eight years ago and the house was a million bucks. And then one of the houses on the circle had JBL speakers on, on PA towers to the back corner of the yard pointing at their house over the pool. I was like, that's my worst nightmare. Yeah. Right. And they're not going to be playing what I want to hear. So, yeah. So that whole thing, like tenants, owners, doesn't matter you're going to get, you're going to get all, you're going to get humanity, right? 100%. And that's a huge thing. I'm so glad you said that. And that's why I think Orange List has grown to be the biggest company in Niagara. Uh, and it's aside from the big provincial national guys is, is we've never looked at it. Like, you know, we only work for our client. Like the tenant is the customer Yeah. and investors. Like, you know how many people I've fired over the years that are like, well, I'm not fixing that. We'll see you later, bud. You're the first guy to call me on the second because your rent's not in. And the last guy to respond when I tell you, you need to fix the toilet. There's an imbalance there. It doesn't 100%. make sense. You have, you have an accountability to your tenant as well. Oh, and, and when I go in, and we, we, we might cover this today, I sell a lot of properties with tenants. And I go in and have this meeting. I said, listen, I understand this isn't your house, but I do understand that it's your home. And that's a big thing. And you just touched on it that a lot of investors lose focus of. It's like this assembly line where it's like, I just need the rent. You forget the human 
the, the human factor like that. That's, that's right. I'm like this is where someone lives. Like this is mm -hmm. where someone raises kids and 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 has family over and and celebrates Christmas and birthdays and it, it isn't just numbers on a page. And I think that's another reason why you see these big corporations coming in trying to buy up is why those numbers didn't turn out as well as they thought mm -hmm. because you need localized experts a and b you, there's a human connections i i 100 percent I agree you know like tenants and actually i really i always listen to people and i always take lines and, and mm -hmm. we were doing that i had that property up last year a tenant you had to kind of found there and and i had the chat with them where you know what like you know i understand this this isn't your house but it is your home. Absolutely, yeah. You know, this is this is yeah, where have you yeah, have yeah. home, and I really like that because yeah. it because it, it makes you understand that you know what? Yes, you're living here. You've emotionally attached yeah. yourself to this living space, and I'm sympathetic to that. Sure. Unfortunately, changes do happen, yeah. and we're gonna work with you though, and and, and I really do like that because I know you work with tenants. I like to work with tenants too. Yeah. Because let's just face the facts: selling a house with a tenant in it can be the worst experience of your life. Oh. Yep. And if you set everything up first, and I've always, even before the any time, I'm always the guy to sit down and say, guys, yeah. I'm here to work with you. You know, like we're going to have showings. You have kids. Do you don't want them after seven o'clock? No problem. I won't give we'll you. We'll try. After, You've done that with me, right? You know, we've done, we've yeah, done yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Like let's, let's make this work for everybody, but I don't want no, no, no. No, like let's work together and, and yeah. you get it going on, right? And then it's it's not a bad thing to, you know, when I go into these meetings, I share the rights to the tenants, right? I don't try to go in there and test. Let's see how much this guy really mm. knows. See what I can get away with. That that doesn't work out. It doesn't and, work and, anymore and, at all because of the internet, man. There's too much like, information. But, you know, you go in and, and I've looked right at tenants and guys, I know you're not excited to see me. You know, at least I have some experience here so I can make sure this goes a little smoother. But I say, guys, it's the one trade-off one of the biggest trade-offs when you rent is the owner can sell that property. It doesn't kill all your rights. You have mm. rights and you're entitled to various things based on, you know, uh, different situations. But the reality that the owner has a family and has kids and has a life as well, mm. you know, he has the right to sell or she has oh, the right so to the, sell so this property. Let's talk about that. So, so there's, um, one fascinating thing with the real estate industry is over the years, how many people, how many realtors are of the belief that a, if there's a signed lease that's still in force, that you can still give 60 days notice, which you cannot. Nope. Um, so realtors, if you're listening, that's a true story. Um, <laughs> but then, but then, yeah, the, the other one is, is uh, the process of if, if there's tenants in a place and somebody's going to put it up for sale that, Yes, you can't sell it, and then that new person doesn't like that they're paying eighteen hundred dollars when they can get twenty five. So we're going to give vacant possession, and they're going to re rent it out. You can't do that. Nope. So there's all these things, and and going back to the very first thing when I when I uh, confessed how much I don't know. When realtors are selling um, rental properties, there's an astonishing amount of times where they don't know the rules, and and they're doing things for their seller, irregardless. I'm not even sure that's. I think that I don't think that's a word. Regardless of of the rights or the the position that those tenants are in, so that's one huge 
thing that still happens. It happens less, but it still happens a yeah. remarkable oh, amount, right? It's amazing. I, I got an offer on a property that had a tenant in it and 45 day close, buyers moving in, but 45 day close. And, and I'm like, buddy, you know that is yeah. not <laughs> happening. Like, well, why yeah. would you? Try. Yeah, like, yeah. But, but you know it's I not know. happening. Like, yeah. like, they, like, you know, this isn't cash for keys here. Yeah. We're just going to go the normal process. Right. Nice, you know, let them out. So, so I guess um, the, the question in this long uh, diatribe is, is, is so the closing is, is August 1st. Like how often are you seeing where people are taking possession of a house? The they're, they're getting vacant possession. The person's out, I guess it'd be September 1st. Um, and then you're, you're finding out after like, I, I haven't experienced it personally where we've had somebody come in and do what they said they're not going to. And then all of a sudden the place gets some work done and it's up for rent on, on October 1st. Have you, how much have you guys seen that? Um, given how, like I, Sean and I both have rentals that are in the red right now based on interest rates and, yeah. and old rents. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Cause my tenant, I doubt she's listening, but the one that I'm thinking of, um, is amazing. Mm -hmm. So I'm prepared to take that hit right now because she's like, it's and great. you're in a position you can weather the storm and right. you have big picture. I'm not taking this is huge, my asset. Yeah, it's I'm not, going to increase and there's a lot of us in but that. But props to you guys, not not to I want to answer your question, is is that's an example of of a of of real estate investors that don't always think the sun's gonna be shining all day, every day. Because obviously you guys are in a position, I know you do well in your in your sort of business lives and 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 how you guys operate as agents, but if you maxed out that rental, went and maxed out this and maxed then you you're can't squeezed. weather the storm. Right, right, no. right. So it's it's smart that you guys, and nobody could have prepared for the rate hikes that we just went through. No one suggested right. it. No macroeconomist right. with 16 degrees that we can barely even spell yeah. came out and told us. So yeah. uh, props to you guys, and I wish there was more investors that, I like aggressive. I like, you know, I'm also very sort of risk adverse myself, and that's why I protect my clients so well is I'm not the guy that's going to take that gamble. I'm just yeah. not. I, I have too much on the go. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a single dad half the week. Like mm -hmm. I need to be present for different things in my life. And if I'm sitting there stressing about, I got $2 million of five clients money in the market that I don't know how it's going to, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, that's not I'm fun. not sleeping well. No, no. exactly. And, that, so, and yeah. that's, that's huge that you've, you know, at your age already that you've realized this mm -hmm. is huge because uh, in the beginning of my real estate career, I had numerous sleepless nights because of stress and dealing with people and stuff like that. And as I've matured, I don't have, my head hits the pillow at night. Yep. And the key thing is that I've learned is that no matter what, as long as I've done the best with all the situations that I can control personally for myself, yes. that I'm good. Yeah. All the other stuff I can't control, I got to let that go. You adapt. Right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, at, at the end of the day. So so let's come back. Totally, totally. So come back to what I was saying. Yeah. How much are you guys seeing that, again, given rents that are out of whack with with perhaps new mortgage costs? Are you seeing people selling and then and then some kind of hijinks happening? And, and uh, Yeah, absolutely doesn't happen, right? Now, keep yeah. in mind, fees, fines can be upwards of 100000 plus. It's, right. it's and especially if it's held in a corporation, like look out, mm -hmm. you think the landlord and tenant board is going to look at you with any sort of grace with your grace with, yeah. with, with your numbered company that owns yeah. like you're getting hammered yeah. and it's not the right, there's, there's a right to do Listen, if I ran I'm, I'm in a situation right now where I've, I'm 16 months in and I, and I, but I'm playing by the rules. It will work in my, I just got a, a hearing date for August. This house closed a year and a half ago. I'm still dealing with a tough situation. And so that's an extreme case. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you can go in and, and you know what I say to people? I'm like, guys, 
you know, at the end of the day, there's people on both sides. You know, we still live in a free country. If a tenant wants to pay more and that owner, they don't legally have to, but two people can agree on something. That person's paying 16, can it can say, you know what, I'll pay 2,000 because I don't want to leave. And, and and they can't, you can't force them to pay 2,000, but two people can, can sign an yeah. agreement and go, okay, so listen, I know I can get 23, but you've been there. So that's a good question. So, so, a, so a landlord could do that. You can go if, if both parties are, if both parties parties are mutual consent, proper documentation is Absol signed. So then it doesn't it, come back. Is after. there, is there, I'm asking for a caller here. First time caller, long time listener. <laughs> is there, what's the dot? Is there like a Ontario document for that? I mean, depending on the situation, you, you'd, you'd essentially maybe sign a new lease or, right. or serve a proper N1 or N2 rent increase. Yeah. N2 is after um, 2018, November, because mm. those ones aren't restricted by the Landlord and Tenant Board. Right, so so all these triplexes that I'm building, right, the, the main restricted yeah, new by two and a half percent last year. Those other two units, I could raise the rent by twenty percent, thirty percent. Right, you have that flexibility. Um, so depending on the situation, it could mm -hmm. be a new lease, could be a proper rent increase. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, you wouldn't want to serve the the landlord and tenant board does work if it's done. A hundred percent correct. That's right. Like mm. it will work. It doesn't mean it's perfect or it's not slow or right. it will work. So uh, you don't want to serve an improper notice with any sort of mistakes because uh, it, it voids it. And guess right. what? They're not going to bump you back up. No. And not only that, yeah. tenants are smart. Yes. I ran into this a situation again where, yeah, so I was like, ah, it's my buddy in the house. No problem. I'll serve him the paper myself. I said, you should just get a paralegal. Make sure. No, don't worry about it. Two days before closing, yep, you didn't do the thing properly. So I'm saying, yeah, uh, but oh, give me five thousand bucks and I'll leave. Like uh, you know, yeah. there's there's tons of games, but I, I like what you're saying because the best thing is, I, I always say this in everything: open, honest communication with anyone oh, is the way to go. Yeah. And you, you, to go to the tenant, look, I'm underwater here. Like I'm just going to be straight up with yeah. you. I'm going to have to sell this property, or you know, oh well, I don't want to move, and I don't. I like you as a landlord. I, I'll pay mm -hmm. more rent. You never know what the conversations are going to be. And oh. just know, and, and know your, because you got to be careful, right? What you just said, absolutely. But you got to remember how 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 it's going to be interpreted by the LTB if it goes bad. So be careful what you like, because if you go in there and tell your tenant, "Hey, I'm going to sell this house if you don't pay more," right? Now it looks like you're coercing. Yeah, the fair enough. So yeah. not, I know that's not where you're coming from, but just to be just for anyone listening, just be careful. You can be open and honest. No, I'm Say, being. Here's uh, my yeah. You're 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 saying a good thing. I just want to make sure. You, you can you can mention an issue and then sit with the tenant and say, how yeah. can we address this together? You love it here. You call this home. I don't want to sell this, but I can't. You guys are riding the red right now. I can't ride the red forever. No. Mm. So let's be honest. Investors don't buy housing or, or convert homes or invest in real estate. Because they're like, I want to, I want to create more housing for people. That's a, that's a spinoff mm -hmm. benefit that we get as real estate investors. That's a benefit to society, but it starts with a capital gain or a you know sort of uh part of our wealth journey it, money it starts with with it, it being an investment an investment's not an investment if it doesn't mm. produce returns so sure. so that's something that i think most tenants and this all boils down everything we're talking about today to how important it is to find the right tenant 100%. because life isn't always going to be bright and great and and when things get hard you want to have that sort of, um, you don't want to be buddy-buddy with your tenant either. That's a whole other conversation. Well, I can speak to that wholeheartedly. Yeah. I had a student rental when I was 25, and man, oh, man, I was 25, they're 19, a guy's pop yeah. by. Oh, yeah. And the one night I'm there, and I'm having a good time with them, and then I, I 
had to go back like three days later. Yeah, there's holes in my walls and this and that. And then I learned right at that moment, no more buddy, buddy. Nope. Uh, we, we, we can be cordial and let's have a great relationship. Yeah, 100%, yeah. but we ain't hanging out. And it's so different than you think of it. Like I said, it, it, I could sit here for two hours and just talk about all the correlation between businesses and real estate investing. Like, would you, what, what line would you cross with your employees? Right. I have 20 of them. They're listening. There's a certain line. You might hear me say some really funny shit one day, or I might yell at a, at a dealing with someone irate, but I just, there's lines that don't get crossed. Yeah. Right? And it's the same thing with your tenants, right? You don't want to put yourself in a position where you automatically are giving leverage up. No, because for you've sure. done something that you should. Right. So, so treat it. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm totally like sending, I still have tenants that I rented to six years ago, seven years ago when I did it all myself. I was the toilet repair guy and the rent collector and I was orange list. You know, I didn't have departments and stuff. I still, you can say, have Merry Christmas. How's the family? Yeah. Like, that's totally fine. But you get, you, that relationship crosses the line and, and it's human nature. Maybe the tenant gets a little more comfortable, doesn't upkeep the property as much. Oh, Eric, he's my buddy. He won't Yeah, pay. or hey, rent can be late nah, a little nah, bit. Nah, Eric, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, it's a you. business. So. Well, it's like the old saying, give an inch, take a mile, yeah, right? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I agree. And, and, and let's talk a little bit though. So we've been talking about different ways and, and, you know, breaking leases, it's a no go and this and that, but one of the popular trends that I'm seeing, because especially Eric, when people have to sell mm -hmm. and they have low rents, you, you, the phrase I use is cash for yeah. keys. Right. And, and that's not a terrible approach. It is legal. If yeah. it's agreed by both parties, yeah. we actually talked about it the other day yeah. and you know, the N 11, along with a nice le uh, release from yeah. a paralegal, yeah. you're good to go. Yeah. And a lot of tenants will work out deals if you know, Hey, you give me this much money and it'll go. And at the end of the day, like say, if you're paying, you have a triplex and you're paying each tenant $5,000 to get out, you're going to make that money back exponentially yeah. in the resale, having the, 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 the triplex vacant. And that, and you know, you've, we, we've done these together and, and I've shared in my experience, that is the, probably the most effective way to, to eliminate a tenancy, whether it's in term, whether it's, you know, again, you can't, as you mentioned for, for people listening, if a tenant's under a 12 month lease, I don't care if you sell that house they and you have 20 go. people that want to move in, they, you can't until yep. the lease is done. Yep. So you have to give 60 days notice, which starts on the first of the month. So you sell your house on August 2nd, guess what? That notice doesn't start till September 1st. So it's September, October, November 1st or 2nd, you can take possession. Um, but the N11 is, is a, is a very, yes, it's a, it's a, it's a strong form that says tenancy ends, but when there's money exchanging hands, it's, they could not leave. And now you got to go through the whole process where the release, the release outlines why they've signed the N11. I've so, and I appreciated that insight on that because I have had guys do cash for keys just with N11s mm. and guess what? So you're getting the release from where? Uh, paralegal, paralegal. Pa so a separate document, separate document yep. signed, but amount given and this and that. But yeah, you, you, people yeah. will do it. No release, nothing. N11. They, they don't have to leave. No. Like you gave me the well, cash. They signed the N11. It's like, man, they're like, and that's what comes to experience. So the N11 is good. The release, here's how the best way to structure it for anyone that's in this situation. You could obviously reach out to any of us here to, to, if you have questions. Well, not me. 
<laughs> you know more than you think. You, you, you know just more said, than you know you more think. than eighty-five percent of realtors that I talk to all the time. And that's not to discredit any good realtors out there, but you know they just really don't understand yeah. a lot of the residential. And I don't expect them to. They don't. They sell regular real estate every well, day. Why everyone's they? got so, their niche, right? So, um, what you do is you give uh, half on signing. So let's say you agree. Here's the going amount. Legally speaking, just to clear the air, you have to give a tenant back one month's rent. And it's not their last month. Their last month gets applied to their last and you have to give them back one month's rent if you sell and, and you're ending their tenancy. Um, someone's moving in, you want blah, blah, blah. It's one month that you legally have to give anyway. Now, for me, in most cases, I provide an additional two to three months rent. And that's what's outlined in what we're talking about here is the release. Okay, you give them half when they sign and half when they leave room swept condition, keys in your hand. And that's and that's the most way to that's to protect yourself. It keeps the tenant accountable to to you know because because I've seen relationships between tenant landlord for years be amazing. Now when the tenant knows that you're selling, there's no point to work in it. For some people, we're not those kind of people, but there's people out there where it's like, well, there's nothing left for me to get here. I don't care. Relationship's yeah. over. You're selling. So the, all those years of building a relationship and being kind and, you know, blah, 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 doesn't matter Goes anymore when, the when they know there's an end date. Yeah. So I don't care. I've had the best tenants that I would invite to my kids' birthdays. Not that I do, but people that I like that much. Um, and I still do all the paperwork properly. You have to. Yeah. You, this handshake, you and me saying, hey, the deal's good on the phone. Yeah. Which we've done it many times. That's yeah. one thing. But like when you're dealing with multiple parties and people's lives, the, document it. When you're it dealing properly. with people, you, you, you got to always dot the I's, cross the T's. Yeah. It's just like with us doing offers on houses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you got to make sure it's all above board and legit. It's yeah. been a while, by the way, you and I haven't sold uh, one of each other's in ages it's it has been a while i think yeah. eric and i are due for one we too. just did one uh and there's a good example right where where you bought uh chaplain oh yeah yeah, chaplain. yeah we did do I one got, this year yeah, and yeah i got the that. tenant out yeah. and and i you know i got some of the garbage cleaned up for you did it like that's an example of 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 you know and that's the other thing you deal with realtor like when you deal with me and there's tenants you're like okay he's whatever he's saying is gonna happen yeah i don't say that in an arrogant cocky way i just Yep. My, he knows that I know what I'm doing yep. where there's so many realtors that, that have these houses with tenants and they don't even know what's like, going how on. are you representing your client? If you don't know how the notice works. This right. And I'm, and I'll take a few minutes to just say, Hey, this is how For this sure. is, you know, one, cause why not? If you can share some knowledge sure. to make our industry better. I mean, let's, why not? For sure. But, um, you know, that's an example of, uh, just, just making, doing the right steps. And that went smooth. Yeah. Right. Tenant left. For sure. You know, money was given. There was, there was moving, blah, 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 blah. You went in, did your inspection hair, a couple of garbage, no problem. Ding, 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 done. Yeah, it was great. And you, know, what, you had a family move in there? Uh, young girl. She moved in. Yeah. 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 Bought it for herself. And uh, yeah. And, and, and the key thing is too, is yeah. Cause there's other deals I do with agents and you're like, okay, vacant possession. I always set the closing up yeah. for like the third or the oh, fourth. Sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, we're going to do our walkthrough on the second. Oh, I hope they're not uh, there. I hope they're I know, not there. You know. know what I mean? That's like it, it, it's, and that hurts the real estate that has tenants. Right. And you'll see, like, I've got a Toronto, I don't play a lot in Toronto, but I got one of my biggest clients who just loves using me and I'm going to sell his condo. I'm going to renovate it and sell it. Um, and the value difference in Toronto, even from tenanted units versus like uh homeowner, primary residence vacant. I mean, it makes sense everywhere, but like, it's drastic. Like someone will pay 40 grand more right? just because there's so much unprofessionalism 
in how tenants are dealt with yeah. and people signing off on vacant and it's not va- like it's it's kind of sad and and that's a good I know it's not our market but it's a close market on a much larger scale like why could we think that that might not happen here one day as we grow and scale up? So Absolutely. you need to have people that understand the fundamentals and the basics. For sure. Um, and and so my that's that kind of leads into a good question here is is you know so there's the the tenant tribunal, correct? Yep. The landlord landlord and tenant tribunal. And the number one thing I hear from investor landlords is well the tribunal sucks because all the the rights are the tenants. There's nothing for the landlords. I don't want to become an investor because I'm just going to be screwed all the time. What's your comment to that? Mm. Yeah, honestly, uh, I think in my, in my professional opinion, it, it is definitely leaning towards tenants in this it, province. No doubt about it. It's, right? it's, it's now, top heavy tenants for now sure. Now I also give full credit to the LTB. If you do everything by the book structured, you don't coerce, you don't send things you're not supposed to send, you don't show up when you're not supposed to show up, it does work. It's just they make it a very narrow path that that if you veer off once, it, you're dead. Yeah. Um, so again, I think, I think a lot of investors that say that, A, they're not all, I don't want to discredit them all, right? Like I've seen the landlord and tenant board not handled things the way that I believe they should be handled. I think it needs to be, hey, we're getting some reform now from... Uh, development. I think there needs to be some reform in the LTB. I I agree. I also totally. I also think the major struggle is this is is that yes, you talk about that line and people really there's landlords who really do try to go the proper channels, yeah. but then you say like, okay, they're like, uh, then you know, I don't uh, I don't got I don't got money for a paralegal. I'm just gonna go on to the tenant board, pull off the forms myself, and then next thing you know, yeah, fill out the papers appropriately, and then so they go to their date, and all of a sudden, yeah. Papers are filled out probably. Well, now you got to wait another three months. I think part of the challenge is too, is that it's the length of time right now yeah. between meetings. One little mistake sets you back. And especially too, here's the poor guy who can't even pay for a paralegal. He's got a tenant not yeah, paying I rent. Know, it's wrong. And, and you know what? And, and, yeah. and, 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 and again, and well, and here's the thing. I'm not going to be quiet about this, right? I don't care if there's officials that work at the LTB. Here's the truth. Here's the reality. And people that do it to the volume that I do it understand this. So much of our society, you guys know this about politics, for instance, right? It's, it's well, how do I get the votes? Or I don't want to be the government that housing crashes in and people's retirements are washed away. So you kick the can down the road. The LTB right now, old cases that have been in the in the queue for for 8 months guess what they're doing they're taking the new stuff that's coming in and addressing it right away building their reputation back up and this shit that used to run to the front of the queue new stuff goes to the back is sitting and taking even longer and those are the nightmares that you're hearing about and that mm. is happening right now and yeah. has been for the last 8 months and i'm not afraid to say it out loud because yeah. it's the yeah, truth no, no, hey, listen, and it's, it's not and it's not right no. that that somebody who how do you validate uh, uh, someone's concern today? All you're trying to do is they want to build their reputation back up and say, hey, we can address uh, a non-payment in three months. It doesn't take eight. But now all these people that followed your freaking rules for the last you know, two years have to wait even longer so you can get up on stage and look a little prettier. And that's it's why wrong. a lot of people don't want to get into the own, the the, uh, yeah. the rental game, right? I don't because, blame them. Because there's a hundred stories, but then they hear the one from from their Aunt Janice and Owen Sound. Yeah. They're like, holy With crap. The one professional tenant because there is professional tenants out there i've had professional tenants where they're sitting at the couch laughing at me literally saying sean 
I'm a professional. Oh, I'm not going, buddy. I know. See at the date. Yeah. And it's just like, God oh, damn it, man. But it, it is what it is. And yeah. here's the thing. It, it's investing in real estate. There's good and bad, yeah. but it's a long-term play. And the good news is the way property values are going up right now, if you can just weather the storm and stuff like that and prepare your expectations. And and again, I think what you said too, Eric, it's about take the time to find the right tenant. I was always told right away when I first started in real estate, if you have to go a month without collecting rent, instead of just jamming a tenant in there, oh, yeah. it could save you tens of thousands of dollars yeah. in the end by, hey, paying a little month out of your pocket to get that good tenant who could be there for five years and pay you every day rather than jamming in, oh, we got Bob, credit looks good, his job kind of sucks, but let's put him in. And then Bob's like, yeah, thanks, I'm a professional. And then you're screwed. I don't, you're totally right. And I don't know how much time we have left, but I do want to make We're one on the comment. Clock. And I'm, and I'm sitting here with two realtors. You obviously have a, a large team and I know some of your team probably right now is feeding off of leasing. So I don't want to discredit that, but here's as, as realtors are, are going hungry, let's call it in, in mm-hmm. one sort of context. I, I remember when I started Orange List. I, it was like a, a, an eclipse to see a realtor do a lease and now you have all these realtors out doing leases to eat and feed their family. And I'm the last guy that's going to tell someone not to, to go grind and do what they got to do. Now, as, a, as an investor, you got to make sure if your agent might not have experience in it, fine. Make sure they have they know someone like me yep. or, or somebody that can speak or connect you with someone that understands. Because you have all these new people out doing something they don't normally do. And what a realtor who sells 100 houses who who's never done a lease before thinks is a good lease versus what I think is a good lease might be two very, very different things. For sure. Um, and, and I'd like to hear you actually speak to that because you have, you got agents out doing leasing. Well, but- I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I called you the other day yeah. and I said, but like my ISA is getting all these leases. I'm like, buddy, we don't want them. I'll, yeah. I'll pass yeah. them off to you. I, yeah. I personally don't necessarily encourage my guys to be running around doing that. A couple of them still do. Cause you're right. They got to eat, but, yeah. but that is actually one thing. And we'll kind of close on this, but sure. it, it, I've never, so 20 years of doing this, first off, when I first started, there wasn't even Facebook or anything like that. Landlords put ads in papers, a sign on the thing, and landlords rented the property themselves, maybe odd property manager here yeah. and there. Then we had the evolution of the internet and social media and stuff like that, giving landlords another platform. And back, and Kijiji was huge yeah. back in the day. And I... I sell an investor a property. It's like, oh, just put it on Kijiji, man. You'll get inquiries. And there was a period of time where that was the only way and it was the best way to do it. You know, Facebook marketplace, all those different things. But you're right. I, in my 20 years, the past two years, I have never seen so many properties now listed by agents. But I hate to say it, Eric, it was only a matter of time. Couple reasons why. Number one, they all do it in Toronto. Yep. Yep. Number two, rents went up to a point where it actually it, yeah. makes it a little more feasible to do agree with you more. a lease, yep. right? Yep. You know, 900 bucks. Versus 2,500. 2,500, half of 2,500. Yeah. You do three in a week, man. Yep. That's pretty yep. damn good, right? So I, yep. think, I think that's what it is. Also, maybe the relationship, hey, I'll help you do this. But again, I do agree with Eric that agents out there running around, doing leases, leasing clients' property. Personally, myself, I don't do it because I'm nervous. I don't want to take on, I'm not a pro with tenants. Mm-hmm. I've learned some things over my over time myself as a yeah, landlord yeah, that yeah. I can sniff things out. Like, sure. 
always go walk up to their car. How do they keep yeah. the inside so of their car? Exactly. That was yeah. one of the first things yeah. I got, I got taught. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it, but I'm not a pro and, and I, numbers can look good, but when you sit there, see, for me, you're turning people down with $90,000. If I saw someone with $90,000, I'd be like, holy. But it's revolving but credit. There's we, other things. That, yeah, yeah, but that's so that's the whole yeah. package. And I, yeah. I don't necessarily understand the package. So I, I personally won't rent properties because I don't want to stick my client yeah. with. I'll stick myself with a crappy tenant and I'll deal with it on my own. Yeah. But my clients, I don't want to do that. So at the end of the day, it is important to at least have knowledge or have someone by the phone who can provide you insight. And that's that's the beautiful thing I like about working with realtors in Niagara. Eric, I can always call you, you can call me. Yeah. I can always call Pat. So this has been exciting. And again, the most exciting thing of all this too is, is Eric is a wealth of knowledge in conversions. Believe me, this is just the beginning of this. There's gonna be tons of it going on. So don't be scared of it, embrace it. It's a good thing for affordability and for people to live, but it's also a good thing for investors and opportunities to make passive income. With so, the right structure, it, it can have a really good impact on our communities. 100%. Right? And, and, not be, and not be upsetting sure. and not be an eyesore. And um, uh, again, we're there's a lot of different tools out there. So just use the tools and the resources yep. you have. And for sure. uh, I'm certainly one of them. And uh, I love the fact that a lot of big realtors that I look up to and respect call me and ask me questions and, you know, and I lean on them. Called you the other day about that listing. I had no yep. idea. Um, I was I was actually four hundred grand off. I'm glad you saved my ass. There, there you go. No problem. Anytime. <laughs> but lean on each other. That's you know, it. everyone's here to 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 provide a service sure. and, and and help one another. And uh, absolutely appreciate you, man. You guys, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks very much, Eric. Thanks, guys. This has been another episode of your Niagara Real Estate Podcast. If you have not subscribed, we would encourage you to do so. We implore you to do so. Thanks again for listening. Stay tuned. Talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Smash that like button. Bam. <laughs> Ciao. This has been your Niagara real estate podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you found us on. Have a friend looking for help? Remember, sharing is caring. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.